Listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Heal the Sick podcast, a presentation of Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Million. I am the general overseer of Dominion Fire Church here in Las Vegas and the host here of this podcast. And we continue to roll ahead talking to amazing men and women of God. And in the last series of shows, we've had situations where we have presented extraordinary testimonies of people that have just overcome amazing odds and have seen just crazy and incredible things happen. And that is the kind of stuff we love to spotlight on the show here. We love out of the box. We love just crazy miraculous. We love all to hear all this kind of stuff and we like to hear it from everyday real life application. And uh, today's guest is a friend of mine that I have been in contact with for about a year or so now. And I have kind of followed him through a journey that he has dealt with involving a, a newborn baby at the time who was having some heart issues and today is uh, now one year old and has for the most part recovered and continues to recover from this situation. And uh, my guest today is going to tell us the story and the testimony and uh, and share his journey with us. Joining me on the phone from a, a project named Jeremiah's Heart is Joey Turner. Joey, welcome to the Heal the Sick podcast. How are you, sir? I'm great. It's great to be here. Uh, great to give the testimony for you guys. Well, we have a lot to cover, so let's jump right into this. Would you start from the beginning with this? And uh, when when we had first met, I think it was a little before your your son Jeremiah was born. And walk us from there. What had happened? Okay. So basically, uh, my wife and I found out that uh, she was pregnant with our son Jeremiah uh, around around six weeks, I think through her pregnancy, and uh, we were living in West Virginia, which we're now in Houston, Texas, so totally different environment. Uh, we had just lost our jobs. We were both unemployed, and right on top of that, here comes the news of this baby. So to say we were stressed is an understatement. A little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so we started looking for work. We couldn't find any work. And uh, eventually, I have some family in Texas, and uh, they persuaded me to move down here on the terms of a guaranteed job, better work environment, better overall environment for us. And uh, we made the move in June of 2012. I got settled into a new job. I was actually doing corrections at the time uh, with the uh, state of Texas. And uh, we didn't find out about the diagnosis until 20 weeks into my wife's pregnancy. Okay. Uh, I took her to the doctor just for a regular checkup. It was actually the uh, the checkup that most people consider when you find out whether the baby's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Well, we found that out, but we also found out some other news. And um, basically, the doctor saw something he didn't like, which was actually in regards to the baby's brain. Uh, he didn't see anything wrong with his heart. He looked over the whole body. Everything was great. But he thought that one of the uh, one of the ventricles in the brain looked funny, so he sent us to a specialist in the Woodlands, Texas, which is just a more expensive city. Uh, we went there, and uh, they said, "Well, the brain's fine, but there's something wrong with the heart, and uh, we want to send you to a heart center where they can take a better look at it and let you know what's going on." And this was all over the course of about two weeks, so we had you know plenty of time in between each visit to stress out and freak out, mm-hmm. and not have any idea what was going on. Uh, we ended up going to Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. Uh, 
like I said, right around 20 weeks is when everything actually went down. And uh, they told us that he had uh, critical aortic stenosis, meaning the aorta, which is the main source of blood flow to the left side of the heart, was tiny. I mean, almost no blood at all going through it. Uh, he wasn't anywhere near the weight he was supposed to be. He was in like the bottom 7% or something. Uh, he only weighed not even, I don't even think, not even three pounds. And on top of both of those, they said he was developing hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which is the actual medical condition for his heart condition. Basically means that the left, the left ventricle in your heart doesn't develop properly and it either stops growing or never actually grows in the first place. And the heart's left with one ventricle. So from from there out, uh, Texas Children's pretty much took over his care, and uh, we were forced to move to Houston. At the time, we were living about two hours out from Houston. And uh, it was a weekly doctor's visit, lots of appointments with specialists, just a lot to take in, for sure. Uh, we learned more and more about the heart defect and uh, learned that he was going to have to undergo three open-heart surgeries okay. to even live. I mean, not not to correct the heart defect, just to sustain life. And even with those three surgeries, there's no guarantee that his heart would actually hold up. He could still go into heart failure at any time and need a transplant. And throughout all this, where we were spiritually, honestly, is nowhere where we are now. Uh, mm -hmm. We were just starting to really learn about healing, starting to really read our Bibles for ourselves. Uh, we both come from a church background, but we didn't know you know, we didn't know what we should have known. We didn't know uh, divine healing was happening and was here and now, and anyone could practice it. We we knew there were faith healers, as they say in those communities, mm -hmm. that we could contact, and we definitely tried to contact, but you find out very quickly that people like that are very hard to reach. Definitely. But uh, back to the story, Jeremiah was born on January 24th, 2013. Uh miraculously, somehow he gained enough weight to actually be in the top 50%. And I consider that a miracle myself because I think it was 25 or 26 weeks into my wife's pregnancy uh, while attending some local churches. We had a couple people pray for us, and he gained two pounds in four days. Wow. So that's just that's a small testimony right there as to okay. what what's happened with our lives. Now, from the time—sorry, oh, so now from the time he was born, this is when the really interesting story kicks in, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, it just gets better and better. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, at four days old, he had his first open-heart surgery, which is called the Norwood Procedure. It's the worst one. It's the longest. It was like nine or ten hours. And all of our family was there. We were all stuck in a waiting room, you know, praying— not knowing what to do, only getting updated every couple hours on his condition, not knowing if he was going to even make it through the surgery. Uh, he pulled through, and he was uh, he was placed in the ICU, which is where he spent about three months recovering. Now, during that time, we were praying for him every time we saw him. When we weren't there, we were praying for him. Uh, anyone we could get in contact that knew more about healing than us, we were trying to call. We were having them pray. We were trying to have them come. Uh, we had a couple of men, Benny and Sarah, come from a local church to pray for him. We had a uh, Brooke Potter from Royal Family International come pray for him. I actually caught him at the airport and uh, forced him, not against his will, but uh, <laughs> very liberally, to come to the hospital. Yep. And uh, 
during this time, you know, we were learning more and more and more. I was getting into the, the DH2 sessions with Curry Blake. I was studying that online, studying sessions from uh, from Todd White. I was studying David Hogan's, anyone I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. any content I could find, try to figure out, you know, what it was that I had missed, what I hadn't learned over the course of, you know, 22 years of life that, you know, in and out of the church, no one ever taught me. And, uh, you know, we stayed in the ICU for a little over four months before we were actually released. Uh, we had a very, very brief two-week stay in a regular hospital room, and that that's all it was. When, once we got to that point, it was the finish line. The doctors were very happy with Jeremiah because he had held up really, really well. He had the second open-heart surgery, which is called the Glenn Procedure, uh, which is a short surgery, only five or six hours, in April of 2013, and he did well through that as well. Um, there was no real downside. We kept hearing positive things from the doctors. Everything was absolutely wonderful. You know, given his condition, he was doing great. He was doing better than they expected. Uh, the only complication he ever had was acid reflux, which that's something every baby gets. And, uh, it, you know, they gave us medicine to treat that. And uh, he, he doesn't really have acid reflux anymore, but he still has his episodes. Uh, he's on a feeding tube, which we're weaning him off right now, which is something that some people don't get to do until their kids are okay. five or six-year-olds. So we're incredibly happy about that. And, uh, you know, everything was really, really great around April and May of 2013. Mm-hmm. Everything was looking up. Work was looking up. Everything was getting back on track. We got to bring the baby home for the first time. I remember he was born in January, so we spent almost five months in the hospital. And uh, life was just getting settled in. He had physical therapy. He was progressing. He was catching up. And uh, I guess things really took a turn in um, in August of 2013. We went to a regular routine cardiology checkup at Texas Children's. And uh, this is what the story really gets interesting. Uh, they, were using, they were doing an echocardiogram on his heart, which is just an ultrasound of the heart just to make sure everything was looking good. And I'd say about four seconds in, the guy ran out of the room. No explanation whatsoever. Didn't tell us what was going on. And uh, they sent us to another room, a waiting room, and the doctor came in maybe 45 minutes later and said that uh, they needed to admit him to the ICU immediately. That he was in critical heart failure and uh, they needed to get him hooked up to everything. Wow. He needed complete support, which blew my mind because he was, you know, everyday happy baby. Even up until that very visit, mm-hmm. he was totally fine. You wouldn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they hooked him up, and the very next day, we saw what they were talking about. He went from happy baby to 24 hours later, on a ventilator, not supporting his own lungs, just lifeless. I mean, wouldn't hold his head up, would barely open his eyes for you. It was really, really scary. Uh, but, you know, even during all that, we still had peace. We still knew he was going to be okay. We were scared, but something just wouldn't let go. We just, we couldn't lose it. We had peace, and we knew he was going to be okay. We had hope the entire time. And um, we so, kept pressing in. Now, let me just jump in quickly with this. So this is the point at which 
you know, kind of the rubber meets the road. This is where, you know, now it's on, as they say. And you guys had to make a decision to stand on faith and to really start kicking up. Now, you were praying and you were having people pray for you up to this point. But, you know, there's that certain level where now it's real. I mean, real, real, real in front of you. So when you came to this this moment and this moment arrived, what strategy did you take from this point? Well, you know, honestly, I think at that point we were determined to put things in our own hands at the, in that perspective. Uh, we had had people come pray for him. We had had him on every prayer list from New York to California back to Florida. And, you know, he was still in heart failure. The doctors had totally changed their tune. We got an entire different set of doctors that specialized in heart transplants. They were telling us he was going to be listed as a status 1A, which anyone who knows about heart transplants knows that's the most critical status you can get. He was, there was no hope from the doctors. And, you know, we had to choose to believe God, regardless of what they said, and regardless of who we could get in contact with to come pray for him, it had to be us. We were there. We were the only ones God could use, and we were the only ones God needed to use. No one else needed to come lay hands on him. We didn't need some special prayer from some special preacher. And I don't say that to down anyone. Just in general, it was us, and that was it. So that's what we did. Uh, we stood with him. We prayed for him. We held him. We kept our faith. We kept our hope. And despite the fact that he got worse and worse and worse, we kept pressing in. And, I, you know, I can't say there was that one moment where everything just magically turned around. But over the course of several weeks, he began to go from lifeless to happy baby again. He began to eat by mouth again. He began to socialize. And one day the doctors walked in and he was just a totally happy baby. And that's when they decided to run another set of tests. And that's when they discovered that he had completely recovered from heart failure. Wow. Crazy, man. So at that point, um, he was on the transplant list. Now that ultimately changed, right? Right, right. He's inactive on the transplant list as of now because you never come off. Once you're on the list, you're on the list for the rest of your life. But as of right now, he's considered inactive as if he would never need one again. And uh, that actually happened about a week after we took him home. We brought him back and they did another set of tests just to make sure they weren't going crazy. And they said, you know, well, we don't feel like he needs to be on this list anymore. And if you guys agree, we would like to just make him inactive. And we said, well, yeah, we knew that already. (laughs) And now when when this news came about how old was Jeremiah at the time? At the time, he was around seven months, seven and a half months. Okay. So it took, in this case, it would be a fair estimate to say a seven-month battle in the hospital plus from about 20 weeks before that, which is about what, four or five months, we'll say. So we're, we're talking almost a year worth of fighting to get this boy recovered. Is that, is that a fair estimate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't all said and done, and we weren't settled in until late November. So by the time it was all said and done, you know, he was he was dangerously close to a year old with a January birthday. 
Wow. And uh, we are coming up close. Uh, actually, we're a little over on our first segment, but this is a great story, and I don't want to quite break away just yet, listeners. Um, but one uh, kind of last thought with um, with where his progress was. So now he he's home. He's been recovering. I remember he was going through a little teething, so he wasn't uh, too good for a while. But uh, what is his status now? Oh, he's the happiest little kid you've ever met in your life. You would never know he had a heart condition. You would never know he spent, you know, almost his entire first year in the hospital. It's night and day difference. And every time we go back to the doctors, they just tell us he's doing great, and we go on our way. That was so awesome. You know, listeners, a couple things that just keep coming to mind is, you know, I get chills here in this story because this is just an amazing story. And as uh, Joey was saying, and again, Joey Turner, um, Daddy to uh, Jeremiah from uh, Jeremiah's Heart was the uh, project he had. And uh, hearing the story today about his uh, little boy that over a year fighting turned it around from heart transplant to being a perfect little kid. It's just amazing. And um, we're always as healing ministers looking for the magic bullet, so to speak. You know, the one magic thing that works in every time. And as as Joey was saying earlier, there is there was no definitive moment for that. It was just a perseverance. And, you know, the uh, fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man avails, avails much. So the fervent meaning persistent, meaning you don't stop, you don't give up. And when it gets worse, you press in harder. And this is one of those kind of testimonies that show that sometimes it's not the magic bullet, so to speak, as much as it's just keep fighting, just stay in the game. And uh, and these guys did it, and they got what they wanted, and uh, that's why you're hearing this today, because this is, I, I, I was with these guys through a lot of it, chatting uh, late nights when, when uh, you were in the hospital room, and we talked a lot, and it was uh, kind of sharing a little of the journey with you, so I, I really love hearing the story, and uh, when we come back from our break, uh, we're going to hear a little more about Joey himself, and uh, just find out some uh, contact info, and uh, if we have time, we're going to hear about a little bit of provision that happened along the way, and uh, we'll We'll be right back here on this episode of the Heal the Sick podcast. Keep it locked right here. Thank you for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast presented by Dominion Fire Church. Our ministry is growing and we would like to ask you to grow along with us. Currently, we are in need of financial support and we are asking friends, listeners and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis. If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh yeah, we are back. Segment two here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, overseer of Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. You can find us online and uh, also this podcast and its related episodes in its entirety at the website, which is dominionfire.com. And you are also welcome at any time if you want to follow up with some questions for our guests or would like to uh, just maybe share with them or contact them, you can send us an email at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com and we will route your messages accordingly accordingly and get you in contact with them. So um, make sure you uh, stay in communication with us. And uh, also, if you'd like to suggest 
a uh, guest for the program or would like to be on the program, please feel free to send us a message as well, and we will uh, get everything squared away with you. Today on the program, I am interviewing a, uh, a friend of mine, Joey Turner, who was dealing with an amazing story of his young boy who was born with a heart defect who has completely turned it around over a one-year battle. And as we heard in the first segment, Joey was telling us that um, he had background of growing up in church and had um, experience in attending different churches. And Joey, tell us about your background and experience and kind of how you've grown through this journey. Okay. Well, Amelia, as you know, since we've talked so much, uh, I was raised in the church. Uh, four days old, it's kind of funny, when my son was four days old, he was having an open-heart surgery. But when I was four days old, I was at Lakewood Church with John Osteen uh, being dedicated. So I'm always, always, always growing up in a church mm. environment. Uh, my mom was uh, pretty strict. Uh, you know, twice on Sunday, once on Wednesday, and then every Bible study in between my entire life, really. So uh, to say that I was unchurched would be incorrect. <laughs> um, uh, basically, we were Pentecostal, okay. uh, non-denominational later on in life, but uh, mostly Pentecostal. And I've been through four or five churches growing up, just through various moves and events. My walk with Christ, really, honestly, though, I want to say it never started until I was an adult. I always grew up in a church, always knew God, always knew what He expected of me. But personal relationship, I didn't get that. A rebellious teenager, just like anyone else, didn't understand why it was important. Wanted to know God, but didn't really know how. And, uh, you know, that's the problem that I see a lot with so many people who, you know, they were, they're raised in the church, but they never really get the context of the message. Mm-hmm. And that was me. Yep. That was me. I mean, I knew scripture. I memorized Bible verses. Um, I could check mark every list, you know. If you, if you had a list to say if somebody was a Christian or not, well, I could write the list for you. But at the same time, I had no idea who God was personally. I didn't understand the personal relationship with Christ. I had no concept whatsoever of what it means to be a new creation, uh, to live not conscious to sin anymore, to live a lifestyle free from sin. That kind of stuff just was over my head. And uh, my personal relationship with Christ really started when uh, when my wife was pregnant with my son. That's really when we started seeking the things of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was... Jeez, I don't even know where to start here. Uh, the very first encounter I ever had with healing was uh, was actually through Facebook. My brother shared a video from Pete Cabrera, and then after watching the video 30 more times to make sure I wasn't missing something, and I think that's what set me on fire. That moment was when I realized there's more to this than what I've known. There's more to this lifestyle than than what I've been taught. And that's when it took off for me. And for my wife, it was the same way. For my wife, it was the exact same way. We started watching the stuff together, and we started growing deeper into these things. We started really getting into our Bibles, finding the scriptures that said, you know, healing is for a Christian. Healing is for everyone. Healing is for today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it just blew my mind. I mean, it's hard for me not to just absolutely lose my heart when I think about this, because it's just so awesome. 
my train of thought doesn't even want to follow this because I get to the point where I just want to sit there and go, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. God, you're crazy. Yep. You're awesome. How is this possible? And that's when everything started for me, man. I mean, I uh, got baptized in the Spirit when I was walking my dog in the middle of the night while wow. I was living with my brother. And <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> it just kind of... It just kind of came all at once. Yeah. Uh, after that, uh, you know, I didn't pursue actively praying for people because everything kind of happened at once with my son, and I was really, really focused on him. But at the same time, I have the, I had the heart for it. Uh, I'd go to Walmart to pick something up while my wife was at the hospital, and I'd see a guy limping. I'd say, man, I really need to go pray for him. Uh, I'd see somebody with crush, man, I really need to go pray for them. And I knew it. I knew, I knew somewhere deep inside that that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, setting the captives free, you know, it doesn't just mean possession. It doesn't just mean helping people. It, it doesn't mean financially. It means every spectrum. It means healing. It means provision. It means emotionally. It, it means everything. And, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't change the way things are now for anything. So The reality is that... Well, let me let me just ask you a question now because it, it kind of got me thinking as, as I was listening. Um, so, with where you are now and with growing up in the church, if you could have that uh, that fabled conversation with your younger self, knowing what you know now about God and faith and healing and prayer, what would you tell yourself as a youngster? If I could have that conversation with myself, let's say if I went back to when I was sixteen, I would. I would tell myself, just go for it. Just believe the Scripture. Believe what it says. Believe that God is exactly what He says He is. That He's just as real as any other person standing around you. And that He wants to move through you, not through the guy on TV, not through your pastor, not through the stranger that you found on Facebook that's praying for people and getting results, but through you individually. And He wants a relationship with you. And it's not about right and wrong and keeping rules and regulations. It's all about relationship, 100% relationship. And all that stuff will take care of itself. Just focus on him and him alone, and everything else will fall into place. And now the bigger question is, would your younger self have actually listened? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, That's awesome. So, so at this point, we've had you... Um, we kind of got a cross section of, of where you started to and where you started at and where you've come to. So along the way, which was really interesting that um, you shared this with me, is that in our ministry, we've been trying to learn about the topic of provision and how to be provided for, how to have your needs met, your bills paid and things like that, not only on an ongoing basis, but especially in times of trouble in times of crises in times of uh, you know sickness and and you know, one of the biggest attacks that somebody experiences during sickness is not only health but the finances that come along with it and sickness and medical bills will drain you out immediately it happens and um, you shared with me that along the way you've had some amazing stories of being provided for without even really trying just kind of having things sort of just show up can you speak to that quickly well, yeah, of course. Uh, while we were in the hospital, I stayed with Jeremiah as much as possible. Um, the second hospital say I was literally there every day. 
the first hospital say I used all my sick time, all my vacation time, every ounce that I had was spent, you know, at the hospital with him. And uh, we didn't have any money coming in. We had zero income for several months. And, uh, you know, we made the, the Facebook page and we set up the website to tell a story. And uh, I went ahead and made a PayPal account. And yeah, I didn't expect much, maybe some family to help us. But what really blew my mind was the money that came in from total strangers. People I had never met, people who didn't even know who we were, sending hundreds and hundreds of dollars to us. And not just once, but continually. And, I mean, just because of the case, every bill was paid, every need was met, every meal was taken care of, gas, parking. And that doesn't sound like much, but just to give you an idea of how expensive it is to stay at Texas Children's Hospital, uh, three meals a day and then maybe a snack at night, plus $12 a day in parking to park your car in the garage. That adds up quick. Wow, that is ridiculous. And um, one of the things that I recall is that you and I actually did an experiment. We were trying to see what would happen. And uh, what I was praying for was I, I believe I donated $25, which at the time I was like, you know, I don't feel like it's a lot. You know, I don't know if it's going to help. And, uh, you know, and of course you were gracious about it and I, and I appreciate that. But what I did was I started trying to pray some provision for it. And if I recall correctly, what had happened was within, I think it was within a few days, you got, I think a thousand dollar donation kind of out of nowhere. And then I prayed for a thousand fold increase, which was, it would have been 25,000, but I think it worked out to like 2,500, which ultimately met your bills for the month. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, you're remembering that correct. Um, the $25 donation was out of nowhere, actually. Uh, when you sent that money, we weren't expecting anything from anyone. Um, we'd already received several donations the month before, and, you know, when people are working and they do something like that, it's usually a one-time thing, or, you know, once in a while, if they see you still need, they'll send some more. But what blew my mind was right after you sent that $25, here comes $500, and then here comes 1000 and right. here comes 250 Right, right, yeah. And then by the end of the week, it was 2500 so we got that within a week after doing that. Now, listeners, let me just share that with you quickly because um, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dominion Fire Church, uh, there's going to be a video posted uh, in in the future um, where we document some of our provision experiments, and, and I'll explain it deeper in those videos. Um, the prayer that I prayed over this was Luke 9, and where Jesus uh, dealt with the loaves and the fish and fed the multitudes. But you got to read it in the Amplified Version because in that version, there's a couple little details that you miss. There's five steps he did, and that's exactly what I did when I prayed for this and uh, you know $25 turned into 2500 which was you know I was off by a zero but he could still get more I, I never never told it to stop so it's uh, it, more's coming his way he's doing all right and uh, I just I was just glad that we could do that not only because you know I, I legitimately uh, you know like this family and I wanted to help him out but you know I just took what I had and was able to make something out of it for him and I'm so excited for that so it was uh, it was a it was a fun experience and I, I brag on I brag on you guys to uh, every time the subject comes up so it's 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 just amazing and uh, Joey we are up against our second break here in segment two and uh, just hearing a little of his uh, background experience and a little about the provision experiments we were doing uh, Joey Turner who is the daddy to Jeremiah Turner uh, turned it around from a major heart condition and uh, just one year old 
uh, healthy baby boy. It's uh, phenomenal to hear. When we come back on segment three, we're going to um, hear a little more. It's on Joey's heart. And uh, if you want to reach out and contact him, we'll have some information there. And uh, we're going to wrap up the show right after this. So keep it locked here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Don't nobody go nowhere. Back soon. Thank you for listening to the Heal the Sick podcast presented by Dominion Fire Church. Our ministry is growing, and we would like to ask you to grow along with us. Currently, we are in need of financial support, and we are asking friends, listeners, and followers to help crowdfund this ministry on a monthly basis. If this program has blessed or inspired you, please help us to produce more and more episodes by becoming a monthly supporter of $5, $10, or whatever amount is in your heart to give. Your contribution helps us produce more programs, help the sick get healed, and also support Christian outreaches overseas. Please visit www.dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter for details and how to get started. Again, that's dominionfire.com slash monthly supporter. We thank you for your generosity and support. Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada. Number three, we are back for our third and final segment here on the Heal the Sick podcast. Again, this is Million here with you, M-I-L-L-I-A-N, the overseer of Dominion Fire Church, Las Vegas, Nevada, and I uh, invite you to make sure you check us out at dominionfire.com for all episodes of the program, and uh, you can also find us on iTunes as well if you are of that persuasion, so make sure you check it out, and please share the program uh, with everyone you know. we got to get the, the word out and these testimonies and healings and miracle stories. We need to get them out to people because the world is waiting to hear this kind of stuff. Well, it's right here on the show, so please share that, and uh, thank you for helping us along. Joining me again on the phone, Joey Turner, and uh, Joey's been telling us a story about his uh, his son that had a heart condition and had been healed over the course of a year. We got to hear a little of his background and experience and some experiments that him and I did with provision for his family during this time, and it was uh, just amazing to see that and be part of it, and uh, I'm so grateful. And Joey, as we're closing out the program uh, in this segment, I ask our guest if they would share some kind of lesson that is on their heart, something they would like the audience to know, just something that's kind of burning in you right now. Uh, could you give us a, a short little, maybe five minute, something that's on your heart? What can you share with us? Well, you know, what I'm hearing right now and what I think what I think the audience needs to hear is how to rest, how to really rest in your faith, because that was the biggest lesson that my wife and I learned throughout this whole ordeal. It's just how to just know that everything's going to be okay when the building you're standing in is falling apart and everything's about to go down. Uh, you know, God, He really does care about us. He really does love us. And despite of our shortcomings and despite how we think we're unworthy, none of it's true according to Him. He loves us, and He wants us to succeed. You know, we're His hands and feet. We're His ambassadors here on Earth. If we don't do it, no one else will. And he knows that. And he's going to provide absolutely everything we need. The tougher things get, the more he'll reach out and help. You know, when I completely lost my job in the hospital, he provided 100% of my income. When, you know, Jeremiah took a turn for the worse, and the doctors were putting him on life support, and saying he needed a heart transplant, that's when he really stepped in and turned things around. So, you know, what I think what I think 
the most valuable lesson is that we've learned is just how to rest in him, just how to know that everything's going to be okay. And when you reach a place like that in your faith, you start to advance. Mm. When you stop worrying and stop stressing out about your bills, about your family, about work, about what your coworkers are saying behind your back, about what people are going to think about you, and you just relax and let God handle it, that's when he steps in and not a second before. You know, that's brilliant because um, one of the first, as soon as you started saying that, one of the first things that came to my mind was the scripture about having to labor into rest. In other words, you know, the rest doesn't just happen. It's something you actually have to put some effort into. It has to, uh, it it takes actual effort and, you know, act, action, I should say, to get to a place of rest. And I, uh, would you agree that that's the case? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, 100%. It's about but it's a battle worth fighting, and it makes your life a heck of a lot easier. And and what is the biggest lesson that you could take from learning how to rest? Uh, the biggest lesson I could take from learning how to rest, uh, it's really, I'd say, it would be in how to approach people for prayer, because that's one of the hardest things you can learn as a Christian, mm-hmm. as an active Christian that believes in healing for the sick, believes in raising the dead, believes in all these crazy things, casting out devils, mm-hmm. approaching people is our number one problem. And, yep. you know, if that wasn't an issue in the body, I think we would have some amazing, amazing stories happening hourly. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, you know, somebody's going to get healed. You just, you have to approach them. It's nobody else. God's not going to send anyone else. It's you. And you're going to be scared. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. And it happens to absolutely everyone. But you just go, you push through that fear, and you do it, and you won't regret it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? That's the absolute truth because it's something, even to this day, you know, I know myself and a lot of other people, we struggle with that, that whole just going up to people, not only for the fear, but, you know, also having your pride hurt at the same time. So there's, uh, you know, definitely elements to that, that, you know, got to renew that out of your mind and, uh, and work on it. And I know I, I fail at that all the time and, and quite frankly, I hate it. So I, I totally understand and I am totally on board. So, um, Joey, it is, uh, it's about time we, uh, got to start closing down a little bit here. So if people would like to find, um, find out more about you, contact you, email you, Facebook you, anything on that line, where can people locate you? You can contact us through absolutely any source of information we have from our Facebook page. And the Facebook page is really simple. It's facebook.com slash jpheart, that's J-P-F, as in Jeremiah Turner. And on there, you're going to find links to our website. You're going to be able to contact us directly. My wife and I are both on the page. You can talk to either one of us. You can send us a private message. And, uh, I mean, we'll respond. Why wouldn't we? Absolutely. And, and, you know, listeners, I'll tell you that uh, this family is legit. They are they are the real deal. They're uh, good hearted people. So if you'd like to know more, if you're if you or anyone, you know, is going through a similar situation, uh, you know, go ahead and reach out to them and uh, get as much ammo as you can for this fight. And uh, along the way, if you have any trouble finding um, Joey or his Facebook page, make sure you email us at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com or on our website. 
and uh, we will, of course, point point you in the right direction. So make sure you check that out. Joey, it is uh, about time to officially close and to close out the program. I always ask our guests if they will please give a, uh, a prayer for healing for our audience, for anyone that's listening. And along the way, if you pick up any kind of, uh, you know, word of knowledge, prophetic word, anything on that line, you know, as uh, conventional or as out of the box as you want to be, just uh, please let it rip. Please pray for our audience, if you will. Okay. Uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for everyone listening. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be on the show. Uh, Million is such a good friend, and he's such a good person. I've learned so much from him. And I really, really appreciate him returning the favor and letting me tell this testimony. Lord, I ask you to touch these people. And what I hear from you right now is just, it's going to be okay. And I don't know if that's for me, if that's for Million, or if that's for anyone else listening, but what he's saying right now is it's going to be okay. No matter what it looks like, no matter how tough the situation is, no matter how impossible it looks, everything's going to be okay. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you have some sickness or a family member has some disease that's incurable. Just trust them. Trust them. You know, the Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And that's all there is to it. Keep it simple. Just do your part and he'll do his part. If it's finances, that's the best part right there, because the worse it gets, the more you can provide. And that's real. That's really what I'm hearing right now. I'm not hearing anything specifically about anyone, just trust. So that's my prayer, that everyone listening will learn how to trust him intimately and deeply, myself included, because it's a daily, it's a daily thing. And it's a, it's a daily struggle. It's a daily growth process. But we're going to get through it. And on the other side of this, we're going to be better people for it. So, Lord, I ask you to bless them, to let them rest, give them peace, give them joy, give them relaxation, and show each and every single one of them how much you love them in a personal, intimate way. Amen. Amen, man. This is, uh, and every time our, our guests on the program, probably got to take a second here to pull myself back together to close the show with you guys. And again, listeners, Joey Turner, um, telling us an amazing healing testimony involving his little boy and definitely reach out to them, check them out and, uh, just get more details on this. Cause so many, so many gems in this story that we just, uh, just don't have enough time to really go into. And, uh, but make sure you explore a little bit and, uh, anytime again, you want to find out more about this, we can point you in a direct or if you would like to ask some questions, you can email us at dominionfirechurch at gmail.com. The website is dominionfire.com. Uh, Facebook.com slash dominionfire, uh, YouTube.com slash dominionfirechurch, and my personal Twitter account is twitter.com slash healingminister. And uh, you, I'm a little edgier there if uh, you'd like to follow me over on there and uh, hear some of my personal musings on the deal. And again, this is the Heal the Sick podcast, again, presenting just amazing stories of, of God's healing power all around and uh, just just bringing it to you so that you know this is real, this is legit. And uh, as always, I thank you so much for uh, just hanging out with us, spending time with us, and hearing what everybody has to say. And uh, we're going to keep bringing them to you and uh, just keep pushing this thing out until uh, until we, we subdue everything back into its rightful place. So be blessed. Thank you guys out there. And as we always say on the ministry, boom, goes Yeshua. 
We'll see you next time.